0: Just so everyone knows, there's a lot of stuff behind me on the ground. Me, as you can see, over my left shoulder, I have a Derek Jeter jersey. Over the right, I have, you know, a cash cow. It's a cow with, you know, cash around it. I actually, have my first triple double basketball that'll that'll be going up. This is my first triple double: 28, 10, and 10 against the Hawks. I got stuff everywhere. Welcome to the CJ McCollum Show. I'm excited and thankful to be able to launch a new podcast in partnership with ESPN. And I want to give you a little glimpse of what we're going to be discussing. Every week, I will be discussing the biggest names and storylines in the NBA with a perspective that you can only get from someone in the locker room and on the floor. I'm going to be talking about my teammates, obviously having relationships with teammates, being in a new city like New Orleans, and also discussing many different hot topics that are across the league. Speaking of hot topics, we're all aware of the news that happened in Phoenix earlier um, in the preseason uh, with the news about Robert Sarver. Obviously, the investigation was released to the public, and I didn't make a statement um, after his decision to publicly announce that he would be selling the team. I ended up making a statement thanking him um, for understanding that that that, that decision was what was best for not only the business uh, of basketball, the sport, but also our fans and the staff that were impacted and affected by his comments. I think as a person who's a member of the National Basketball Players Association, as the president of the Players Association, we were in constant communication with our league, with Adam Silver, with our players, with the executive committee, along with the Phoenix Suns players on, you know, first collecting the information, getting a better understanding of what happened, reading the documents that were released. And, you know, I went on record saying that, you know, I commend Adam for releasing, um, pertinent information in regards to the investigation, uh, things that uh, were said, things that happened, understanding a better idea of the process the internal investigation took um, to get to, to get to the conclusion that there was obviously a lot of things going on that were unacceptable in the workplace. And we commented on that we allowed Adam and the NBA to handle this situation and we ended up getting the result that we wanted. We ended up getting the result that, you know, we felt was right and we felt that was necessary considering what had occurred. And I think we handled that situation the best way we could as a player association. And, and we support, you know, his decision to sell the team and we support the, the Phoenix Suns players and look forward to kind of turning the page. But I thought to make handle this handle the situation extremely well. Um, I thought that we did as a league, you know, handle this situation And by league. I mean, the players uh, continuing to speak out and use their platforms to express their displeasure with what happened. And I think we are all moving forward and looking forward to a new season. So I'm excited about that. And, Obviously, understanding that we're in preseason right now, it is a new season. Uh, I am playing for the New Orleans Pelicans, and I'm thankful to be able to go through our full training camp. Thankful to be able to 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 be more familiar with the city, having been traded in the middle of last season and, and gone to the playoffs and been able to to kind of get more familiar with my players, my teammates, the situation and the circumstances surrounding it. And obviously, we have a great player in Zion Williamson who um has been cleared, who has resumed basketball activities and has actually played in his first preseason game. And I want to just kind of let the fans out there, you know, know that, you know, this is a guy who works hard, who has done a great job of taking care of himself, you know, these last, you know, call it three three to five months that I've been around him since the trade in terms of seeing the way he approaches the game, in terms of seeing how he's been able to transform his body to get his mind right. You know, he was in a place where obviously he hadn't played in, you know, over 500 days. And I think the world got a, a glimpse of, you know, his impact, but also how talented he is the other night when we played against the Chicago Bulls in a preseason game. But I expect for him to dominate. I expect for him to make the game easier for a lot of a lot of us out there on the court. I expect for him to have a lot of attention on him and with his athleticism, with his ability to pass, his ability to put pressure on the rim, get us in the bonus um, this is the guy who's a generational talent you know and he averaged 27 points a game shot over 60 percent from the field I think it's him Shaq and maybe Kareem who have ever put up those types of numbers the production that he has and that he puts forward when he's on the court is unlike anything we've ever seen and I'm really looking forward to playing alongside him Brandon Ingram, JV, Tay, Herb um, the list goes on and on I think we have a deep team I think that we got a lot of experience out of last season I think Willie and our staff have done a tremendous job and I think Griff Trajan our front office you know Ms. Benson the executive staff in the front office have done a tremendous job of of building out a roster um, that has a combination of youth experience and upside that will be special for years to come that's why I'm thankful to be a part of the Pelicans present and future signing up. Uh, Two-year extension added on to the two years that I had left. I'm thankful we were able to retain Larry, uh, Larry Nash Jr., who's a huge piece of you know our team and, and a guy who's going to make an impact not only with his ability to guard multiple positions, but his ability to initiate the offense, to rebound, and do those things. And not to mention, you know, you guys got a glimpse of Jackson Hayes last night, another athletic guy who can get out and run. Uh, we we're going to be a a very talented team and I expect Zion to put his best foot forward and, and play some of the best basketball he's played throughout his career not just individually but collectively with us as a team as we make this playoff push and try to make some noise this season. There was recently a GM survey that came out and on the GM survey they basically vote on you know players who are most likely to be a head coach they vote on you know best GM they vote on best front office they vote on they vote on who's most likely to win mvp this season and so on and so forth but right now i want to shout out uh garrett temple uh, a teammate of mine who finished second in the voting on which active player will make the best head coach someday he received 14 of the votes chris paul received 32 of the votes and ironically i was third at seven percent of the votes and although i am honored and humbled to be mentioned amongst these elite players and, and personalities and, and, and people who are mature and have a great understanding of the game. I think that being a head coach takes on a lot of different responsibilities, sacrifices, and blame that is oftentimes n- not fair. And I think it's cool that I'm recognizing that light in terms of my knowledge of the game and how I you know impact this game, but I have zero interest. And ever becoming a head coach and I just wanted to make sure I went on the record saying that would love to be a part of basketball but not in that manner as this game grows and expands I will watch from afar and be thankful that I was able to be a part of it once I'm retired speaking of watching this game from afar once I'm retired there's a guy who's going to be in the league sooner than later his name is and I want to make sure I say this right we talked about this uh, off air in terms of how to pronounce his name and I have a feeling that we'll all know how to pronounce his name very very soon his name is Victor and I want to make sure I say this right Victor when how, how do you say it Victor Wimbim Yama Wimbim Yama Bim Yama did I say that right Victor Bim Yama is sensational I got a chance to watch him the last couple months obviously people that know me know my brother plays in Europe and has for over 13 years and this this kid is 7 foot 5 with an 8 foot wingspan he can shoot off the dribble catch and shoot off the move he protects the rim he has a variety of skills that are unlike anything i've seen in my life i think he has no comparisons in terms of players i mean you could say that he has a little bit of KD in him in terms of the athleticism, the length, the skill set, the shooting ability. But I don't think we've ever seen, you know, a player this size, this movement pattern at this age, who's a for sure first round pick, a for sure number one pick in the draft. He went seven of 11 from three uh, in a game the other night against another player who could be considered the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft, Scoot Henderson, who plays for the G League Ignite. Uh, This kid is special. Um, I'm thankful that I was in the NBA and and have been able to carve out a a great career in the NBA up to this point, but I think the league is going to look completely different. In years to come when you see the talent when you see the athleticism when you see the skill set but you also see the preparation these kids are putting in at earlier and earlier ages where they're getting professional training and they're able to kind of take their skills to new heights earlier i think the game is going to be in a great space and it's obviously a global game that will continue to become more global as we've seen based on the impacts of you know the the, the likes of dirk Lewinsky's, um mono ginobili and many others now obviously you have the Giannis's and, and the Jokers of the world and the Luka Doncic's, but Victor is the next and I dare I say it, the next, you know, great player that's coming into the NBA with a tremendous, tremendous skill set. I was fortunate enough to have the first guest of my podcast be a teammate, you know, a a guy who works extremely hard. He's very under the radar, doesn't enjoy doing interviews, doesn't like to talk to the media much, He just works on his game in the dark. And then you're able to see it in the light as we were able to see last season, not only throughout the playing games, but also in the playoffs where he kind of splashed onto the scene and showed his skill set, his versatility, his clutch gene and how unguardable he is a guy who can score at three levels he's about 6'8 six, 6'9 six, has a lot of Kevin Durant in his length his wingspan his ability to score off the bounce and great footwork um, in terms of post presence Brandon Ingram uh, he came on my podcast we sat on chopped it up in the middle of training camp and I'm thankful for that I was able to talk about his Laker days preparation for the upcoming season why he stays off social media and so much more so let's get into the interview now
2: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: All right. I want to welcome a very special guest to the CJ McCullum Show. This is the first episode of my newly released podcast in partnership, obviously, with ESPN. I appreciate you joining my podcast. I know we're going through training camp. Life is hectic. we all tired. We all sore. So it's much appreciated. I want to give fans you an know, inside glimpse of like your mindset, how we're working, what we're trying to accomplish this season. So I'll start with summertime. You know, What were we working on this summer? What did you try to add to your game? I know you go off the grid zero, dark 30-ish, where you don't really be responding. You really just kind of work on your game. You don't get haircuts or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> but what was your summer like? What were you working on this summer to kind of bring it back to our team this year?
1: Being at my size and weight is always, always about getting stronger and um kind of focusing on my my weaknesses from um the season before and trying to really really attack them um during the all season and this year it was kind of on the defensive end taking that bump and being able to stay on my line um and of course with with our team being able to shoot behind the line and um bringing some different dynamics um but my summer my summer was really good i, I like you said i i got away from from everybody i I don't like being around distractions when i'm when i'm working out i like to be like really really locked in on things that i need to work on but it it was it was good for me
0: that's good we could see the the transition you made from early on in your career to now obviously the poise the leadership is there the skill set is there but i think one of the things that's most underrated about you is your playmaking ability like your ability to kind of lead an offense make the right play to the weak side you show flashes of greatness in the playoffs people got to kind of see and we had talked about it behind the scenes. I was like, everybody thinks they know what you're like, and then they get to see you on that stage. And they're like, wow, he really got the goods. He really can hoop. So I'm glad you've been able to kind of show your full game to the entire world on the national stage. You know, you, you know, look ahead to this upcoming season. Obviously, we'll have a little bit more expectations this year, having made the playoffs, having gotten a, a, a taste of what that's like. Let's talk about your journey, your path, right? Starting with, you know, when you first got to the league with the Lakers. Right, what that was like for you mentally and physically, and kind of your your process now. So, talk to me a little bit about your training, right? Yeah. How you trained, you know, as a nineteen, twenty year old fresh out of Duke, compared
1: to how you train now. Yeah, um, well, nineteen, twenty year old, I just wanted to be in the gym, like I I could do anything. I could be on the floor for five hours, just doing just different stuff that I felt like I needed to do. Going into the league, though, it was like a whirlwind, like. Some days I wake up, I didn't know what day it was. Um, some days I wake up, I didn't know what city we was in, and it was like, I was. Uh, it was. It was frustrating for me. That that was um, like one of my my darkest my darkest moments in my rookie year. Like going in and not knowing what was going on, and being the best player in college, being the best player in high school, and then getting to the Lakers, and it's like, like everybody on the same level as me, and then I'm. 170 pounds. So when I'm going in, like I'm getting put on the floor, um, I couldn't sh- shoot the ball from the three. So I had a, like a little slingshot shot. So it was like it was it was different for me um, coming into the league. And I think the difference between now and then is is my mentality. Like getting into the league and and having experience, I was like, okay, I, c- I can play with these guys and I can play with these guys. And then I'm like. I'm better than these guys, so now I'm at a point where I'm like, I want to be the best in the world, and that's how I kind of do things every day. My my routine is the same every single day. Um, I'm feeding my mind with, with really really good stuff, making sure that I'm having the right people um, around me. That's telling me what I need to hear instead of, you know, when you get to a certain level, everybody tells you what you what you are and how good you are. But I I just keep the keep people around. It's like. It's gonna be like yo, you bull on defense today, yo. You want you you had thirty, but it wasn't like a good thirty. So it's like I, I had good people around me to to make me who I am today.
0: You talked about the good people around you. How important are your roots coming from North Carolina, Kingston? Kingston. Yeah, you saying that right? Yeah, that's North Carolina. They gonna kill you if you say it wrong. You guys got a lot of talent, obviously. You know, coming from there to hear a lot of greats. I I was in Reggie Bullock draft class, so I understand uh, what what that city means to you guys. How did that kind of shape who you are today, not only on the floor, but off the floor?
1: Yeah, it's it's family-oriented, being from from Kingston, you know, and that's kind of how, like, I love this organization, like, we're family oriented everything that we do we we love each other all 15 players care about each other and everything that we do so like coming from coming from kinston that that's what taught me that and of course a little grit just being from kinston and everything that that goes on and everything that you got to stay out of it it's like kind of like street senses um you know who to be around you know who not to be around you get a feel for everything and this this it's helped me in my career um not only in my career but just just walking along and um, being in different cities and knowing where to be and where not to be.
0: You discussed our team chemistry briefly just now in that statement. I, obviously, I came here, I was with the Bull and Treble as I get traded. I've been here for a little bit. So I've seen how you guys move collectively, how you guys support each other, cheer each other on, and how we kind of are a very, very tight-knit group. What would you say the differences are from you know going from high school, four, state, four st- straight state championships, which is very impressive, going to Duke, being in LA and being in NOLA, what would you say is the difference in this city, this town, with these fans and in this organization?
1: Just everybody being genuine, you know. Everybody really, really like it's 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 not fake love, you know, so to speak. Um, it's it's really real. When you go outside, you can you can feel the fans and they touch on you. You let them let them touch on you. You they say they tell you how much they love love you and like the fan support, like. My first years in New Orleans, being here and visiting from the Lakers, um, like I the stands were empty. And you can probably see that too, playing in Portland, coming to New Orleans, like the stands was empty. And this year, just just the fans having hope in us and us going into the playoffs, like every every seat was filled in the arena. So like there's real people down here. That really, really love you, and when you're doing something really, really good, especially for the city, they're behind you. So it's like, that's that's the similarity from Kingston to New Orleans. Um, but I think it's just like it's at another level in New Orleans.
0: I agree, and it's there wasn't there wasn't a lot of times in which we played here and it was sold out coming in. But when we did play them in the in the playoffs back in. 2017, when they swept us, it was sold out. It was jumping. They swept so, y'all? Yeah, we ended up getting swept. It's something that, that I'm not very fond of, you know, not a great memory for us. But <clears throat> we got swept as a higher seed. That was tough. That was very tough to deal with. Looking at last season for you, right, you got hurt early on in the season. I think you guys started off 2-14, and 2-15, something like that. What was that like for you as a guy who likes to win, right, like you – you play this game to win to be one of the best players have to be the best, best player in the league. You start off that poorly, you're hurt. You know you're, you're kind of not able to help the way in which you would want to because you're not playing. What was that like for you? and then what was it like as we you know kind of went on the run and, and ended up going to the playoffs?
1: Yeah. It was easier than other years because I've, I've been through the, the slow starts with, um, with the Lakers and when, when stuff like that happened. Like, it's like, okay, we're ready for all-star break. And, like, this this thing is over with. And we're ready for this season to be over with. But it it felt different. It felt different last year. We started 1-14, 2-14. But we were in games, and we felt like we just needed to know how to win at the end of the game. And after that, um, everybody still had good attitudes. I got to give credit to Willie because his message stayed positive the whole time and at points i wasn't agreeing with him being positive all the time but i kind of i understood it because there's so many different personalities in in the room and um some some people you have to you have to baby a little bit some people some people you you tell them something and they get it right away but he, i understood it at the end of the day and by like right before all-star right before you came i felt like yo we got a chance but I, but I felt like we had a chance to make the playoffs in the beginning of the season, even, even with our record, what it was. But when, before you came, it was like, yo, we got a chance and we had some momentum and we were just figuring out how to play. And we love playing with each other. You know, we got, we got some, we got some hungry, hungry guys over here that just getting into the league and they're trying to figure their out. But like our one year, two year, three year players are like players that are like veterans in the league. Like, they, like, Herb Jones, he comes in and just works, 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 works. And, like, I forget sometimes that he's, like, a second-year player right now. Like, and he's just coming in, like, I got to shoot this. I got to be to bed at this time. I got to be at the gym at this time. I got to get my cold tub in. I'm like, my first year in the league, I I wasn't thinking about, like, I, I was doing all the work. I was doing all the work, but I wasn't thinking about cold tub. I wasn't thinking about recovery, getting all my rest and all this stuff. But, like he on he really on point with all he's doing.
0: Yeah, Herb is impressive, man. He's a he's a guy who you feel like he's a 30-year-old vet the way he right. moves. Right. He doesn't really speak a lot. He works on his game like he's he's into things that usually players get into later on in life in terms okay. of maturity and understanding of how to take care of yourself off the course. So he's he's been very impressive. You discussed Willie's coaching style, right? How positive he is. Yeah. You know, I I'm going record saying I've never played for a coach that didn't curse in my life. Like, ever. Have you?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't. Never.
0: No. So I think that speaks to not only his leadership but his character and, and how he's able to still get, get across to us in a different way, right? Like, he can get on us when he needs to like he did on me at times throughout the season like he did on you. Yeah, but he yes. also understands, you know, that we got different players who need to be talked to in a different manner but I want to talk about Willie for a second because you've had you know different coaches obviously you play for Coach K and we'll get into Duke later on in this episode but you also played for the Lakers you also played for I believe Stan and Alvin right while I mean. you were here what is Willie like as a coach and in, in terms of um his leadership style for the fans out there obviously I know but for the fans out there listening they don't they don't truly know what he's like behind closed closed doors and and obviously how did he continue to stay positive in a two and 14 season? Cause like, for me, like that would have been very tough. And you talked about your mental um, development and growth. Haven't, haven't been in LA and haven't understood that most teams pack it up for all-star, but I'm
1: gonna keep fighting. I think one word I would give Willie is consistent, just consistent in his approach every day, whether it's the same message or whether it's something that we, we just haven't got. It's, it's the same thing over and over again. and he's He's always looking for um ways to teach like um he's he's been like really somebody that I can rely on and it's something that I've been looking for in the league you know new coaches, especially him being a one year coach new coaches they have fifteen different personalities, so it's hard to just like grab on just one or grab on just everybody and for mm-hmm. him to like come and sit me down and call me sometimes and be like, this is what I see, or how, just just the question, how you feeling about this? How you feeling about that? That's just like, it, it gives me confidence. It gives me confidence. I'm confident in him. And when he's receptive with my talking, it's like, okay, I, I got somebody that's like, that's believing in me. And he believes in all these guys. The way he talks about everybody is like, it's like, this is this somebody I want to be around.
0: Yeah, he, he's really genuine, and I noticed that right away when I got traded. I spoke to him immediately just about the team, about the offense, about the defense, how I can help. told him right away, make sure you hold me accountable. And I think one of the cooler things that he did, obviously, we end up going to dinner in Phoenix, right? We go to dinner in Phoenix. We get to sit down and kind of talk about the season, talk about what we're seeing, what we like, what we don't like. And I think that dinner helped us a lot collectively, like obviously me and you figuring out how to coexist, figuring out um, how to get the best out of both of us. I think he he was the spearhead behind that, and I think that was the start of us you know, really winning games. We ended up beating the Suns, and ironically we ended up playing them again in the playoffs. But I pivot this with you talked about what the what the team was like before I got there. Obviously we were with the same agency, so we knew each other from afar. Talk to me about your expectations um, once I was traded to New Orleans and your understanding of what I was like. What you thought about me, right? What is CJ like before he gets here, and then what is CJ like once you actually get to know him? Because people have this idea of what I'm like, right? And then they get to be my teammate, or they get to really know me, and they're like, "You're not what I thought you was
1: like." <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, before you got like I, I actually before you got there, I, I um, like I was just watching a live film on what you did. I was because I'm I'm the type of person I'm like, okay, we're gonna bring him to the family. I want him to fit in. I want him to fit in right away and I want him to be comfortable. So like that's 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 all that I was kinda thinking about in my head. I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about your personality or anything. I, I know Griff um had told me that you was a good guy. A lot of people said that, but you really never know until the person gets there. But when you came in, like like I'm honest, like you fit right in. You fit it right in. Like nobody, like it's players that come to the team that's like cancers of the group and they think they are better than everybody else and especially with with who you are with who you are you can score the basketball at any time you want you can do things on the floor that everybody else can but you came in with like you wanted to grasp everybody and like come on this, this this is what we're doing and we respected it more than anything like you know, me, Najee, Jose, we look for somebody to be like just the eyeballs out the group, so we can be like, "Yo, this this what we doing?" But you you can't you came in and you was like, "This is me," and like it it fit it fit our mode of who we were, who we are, and like it it was fast. It, I wasn't expecting after three or four games for us to just just get it. Like it, we just it just it just happened. And it, that's all that's all it took. It took three or four games for it to just happen. We had three or four games where where I was a little off because it was something new. But after that, we had our conversation at dinner and then after that it was like, okay, this is what you like to do, this is what I like to do, this is how I like to play. And from there, it was like, okay, we got it. So that was that was the most, like, most impressive thing for, for me.
0: No, it's good to hear that cuz i had never been in a situation like that before right like i was used to i played a certain type of way i played for a certain type of organization so when i got traded i thought to myself what would i like if somebody came you know to our team midseason I was like how would i want to how would i want to be coached how would i want to lead and I was very strategic about, like, my thought process. It was like, look, I have a I have a very outgoing personality. I can yell at people at times. Like, I can rub people the wrong way. So I was like, let me just watch and observe to kind of start. Like, I'll speak when I need to. I'll point things out. But I wanted you guys to understand that. Like, look, I'm just trying to win. Coach me. Teach me. Like, I'm not going to know some of y'all plays. I'm not going to be in the right spots at times. But, like, don't be afraid, like, 1 through 15. Even if you don't play minutes, like, you need to be telling me, CJ, nah, I do it like this. i seen this. You missed... Trey was right here, he was open. Jose was one more. Like, you gotta see that. Like, I need that for me to you know, tap into like that next level of what I think is, you know, whatever my ceiling looks like. I wanna hit whatever, whatever I'm supposed to maximize as an offensive player, as a defensive player, as a basketball player. I wanna be able to tap into that. And I felt like this was the spot where I I would be challenged in different ways I hadn't been challenged before. And it would make me uncomfortable. And I wanted to be put in an uncomfortable situation because I think that's when, you know, success is prevalent. Like you really get challenged back against the wall. You fold, you crumble or you rise to the occasion. And it was a good challenge for us. And I'm glad we was able to have those conversations. And I think it was important. Like I said before, when we sat down at dinner. I was like, look, you got to be you. You got to go to work. You got to be the killer. You got to be the guy like you. You want to be the best player in the NBA. Go do that, and I'm going to help you do that. And when when things aren't going well, we still got to have each other's back, and I think we're at that point now because we've been through the fire. we We've been through tough losses and tough wins. And as I preach, I want to talk about the progress. You talked about three, four games in, how it started to click. We end up going, you know, playing game, playing game, playoffs what was that run like referencing how you know in, pre- in previous years the fans weren't there they weren't as supportive because the product maybe wasn't as great or whatever the case may be but talk about that run what that was like for us how close we were to beating Phoenix and then what
1: you're looking forward to most this upcoming season that was the funnest part for me you know besides besides high school basketball and having and winning four state championship, that was like the funnest part for me in, in the play-in and playoffs. Cause it, it gave me a chance to really, really lock in and and say, okay, if I need to sacrifice this thing then I'm gonna do it. And for my team to really, really lock in on what I'm doing in these playoffs and in this play-in. Like the play-in was like really fun. I was super locked in. Like I, I was like to a point where I was like, I had like one stone face like I, I I didn't like I didn't budge somebody was talking to me I barely was talking back like I was I was like truly truly locked in I was watching my film at home I'm, I always have this period where I'm like watching all type of highlights where I'm like looking at different players that was really really great so like I was I was prepared for that moment and it was it was a time where we weren't on TV so nobody nobody knew about nobody knew about New Orleans but but us but we truly believed in each other. So it was like, okay, it's really it's really us against them. And we know we have the upper hand. Like we really know we have the upper hand. We really know we can beat these teams. So the play-in play was really, really fun for me. It, especially after PG said he had COVID in, uh, in the play-in game. I was like, okay, it's, it's over it. This probably won't be a game tonight. It's, it's over with. But going into the playoffs, I was like, I was even more excited. I, like I didn't know what to expect. Um, but just the first game, seeing the fans, seeing all those fans out there in, in, in Phoenix, I was like, okay.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: This is how this is going. Everybody fouling. We're not getting foul calls. It's not going to the free throw line. Um, Everything's going Phoenix way, so that was like, okay, this is this is the wake up call for me to be like be, as Willie used used day to be relentless. So like, I, I got more and more comfortable after each game in the playoffs. I'm I'm truly looking forward to um, this playoff year, but I know um, it's stepping stones. I know we have to continue to learn, continue to get better this year, and um, do everything that we can to be a really, really, really good team when we get into the playoff.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the season, man. Obviously we get the big fella back. We got a full training camp we're going through right now for cohesiveness, for chemistry, and just a better understanding of what we want to accomplish and how we're going to do it. I think that experience that we got was really important as a unit to get to playing a must win like elimination game playing a must win regular season game and then have to go on the road against you know a high seed you know I think there was a number 1 number 1 seed <laughs> have to go against a number 1 seed against a a veteran team with a veteran point guard and CP where they going to challenge us in different ways i think that was really important for us talk about your film study. I want people to, to truly understand how much time you put into this this sport, not just on the court but off the court. The type of film that you watch, you talked about YouTube highlights when we were going to dinner in Phoenix, we was both watching league pass games, right? Like that's like people don't understand like we really love this game. How much film do you watch in your spare time? And then I know I know I've I've, I've noticed it, you know, since since I started traveling with the team and, and and being a part of this team, when we land in a city, you do the same thing every time we land. So maybe talk about what you do when we land in cities and why.
1: Well, I'm at the point right now where, um, like I, like for the season or I'll, I'll have a challenge for myself where I write in my notes like, for the next thirty days I'll I'll watch nothing but basketball. So when I get home, it's like. I don't watch a regular T V show. If I'm putting some on my T V it's like some like they got an hour long hour long videos of Michael Jordan highlights of just ninety six ninety seven. Just ninety six ninety seven. I'll just go home and be like, Okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm gonna get my lunch, I'm gonna go do this, and I'm I'm just watching this. I'm just watching this the whole time. Just him in the mid post, him pulling up from three, him getting all the way to the rim, him finding passes on the wing, just his his defensive play anticipating passes just just everything just everything that i can just kind of pick up on just seeing different techniques that that made it easier for him just just to pick up on so like that's that's just like my whole life if i'm going home I'm just i'm just watching basketball i don't wanna i don't want to watch anything else because I, I always think about i always think about who working harder than me I always think about if i lack something in my routine then somebody else is doing something better than me So like I always just try to stay on top of my stay on top of my stuff. And when I'm landing in different cities, I I got a routine to like get some food. I got a routine that I gotta make sure that every part of my body is 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 feeling strong. I I got my own people to tell them if something is feeling something different on my body, it's not feeling the same, it's weaker, whatever it is, I got people to tell that and they can make decisions on what type of workouts that I do that's going to help me for the next day. Um, whether I, I land and go to the gym, if I can get shots up and my body feeling good, I'm always just trying to make myself feel comfortable and be in the rhythm so I can be good for 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 my teammates. That's the ultimate thing that I care about. I got to make sure that I'm I'm there for my teammates. I got to be reliable.
0: That's really dope and that's a that's a dope challenge to just watch basketball highlights with, with netflix and hulu you got all these different distractions and i think that kind of shows how locked in you are but also how much you love the game a lot of players like the game but they like what the game offers them or they love what the game gives them whether that's money jewelry whatever the case may be for some of us you know money is great jewelry is great i like jewelry too but being able to to put your best foot forward and help your team and to, to play for your last name, your city, the name on the front, as well as the name on the back. I think that's a, a really inspirational thing that a lot of younger players can, can look up to and can, can kind of see as a mode of how do you be successful? Well, if you want these things, you have to work this type of way in order to be successful. You talked about that paranoia, right? Like I've always had this this fear that someone is outworking me and this fear that every year there's sixty guys that come into the league, they're younger, they're probably faster, they probably jump a little bit higher, and they probably have better training than I had growing up. So this this paranoia of wanting to continue to work. And I think the greats have that paranoia and they have that ability to keep working on days they don't feel like working out, or you're getting treatment, or you're getting up early in the herb routine where you're taking care of the body. I think all those things are important do you think your paranoia stems from your time with the Lakers or before you got to the Lakers? Because you won four state championships in high school. You went to Duke, and then things changed when you got to L.A. So I guess my question is centered around how your mind kind of developed from some of the traumas that you got in L.A.
1: Um, Well, I think my paranoia comes from um, not having, like, consistent days where I'm at my highest self every single day. Like it's always bumps and and it's going to happen, it's life. It's always bumps in the road where you have that bad day. And that bad day always is like, it it, it just, I don't know if it's healthy, but it, it just, it just stick with me for like, until the next opportunity that I get on the floor. And it's like, it's like, I, I just want to, every day that I step on the floor, I just want to be better than yesterday. I just want to, whatever it is, I want to be better at something than yesterday. I, I can say that, um, like just seeing different players, um, just seeing different players around around the league, seeing different players in the world, that that's that motivates me to try to be able to do everything on the floor. Uh, Trey Murphy this year, he's motivated me. Like when I've seen him in pickup, I'm like, okay, I gotta get on my <laughs> this m- look good. Like this m- look good out here, so I, I gotta come in and I. I I gotta bust his ass one day just to take his confidence away just a little bit. But I'm like, he look he looks too good right now. But I, I always like, I just wanna I just want a little edge. I want a little edge over everybody. Like I told you in the beginning, like it you you won't know until it happened. But like I really want to be the best in this league, like and I and I'm really just I'm I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it is, so, like and because I really got my my eyes on this. Like, I really got my eyes on. What I wanna do. I wanna be a winner. That's all I've done all my life. I wanna be a winner. And I know from winning it comes with a lot of things. The whole team get paid, all the love, whatever it is, but it shows how much work um you've put in and and this motivation for the next generation that comes up and, and wants to be wants to be the best.
0: Absolutely. No, I
1: respect it and
0: I think I think that paranoia is good and I think Carrying over life lessons from high school, from college, I do, I've done the same thing in my career, remembering what it was like, remembering what the game was like, remembering what I was chasing, and even when I get some of the things I pray for and some of the things I work for, understanding that you got to continue to work through that because there's always something out there that you can attain in terms of not just greatness but um, legacy, like being able to pass down the right things and being able to have a you know lasting legacy in which we can probably hang a, hang a nice banner up here in New Orleans for everybody. I want to go back to your high school, transition to college, and then, you know, we can do some miscellaneous, just kind of talk. But going back to high school, you enforced, you enforced state championships, and then you go to Duke. You know, I got a lot of respect for Coach K. You know, he's retired now. I get all that stuff. But, you know, my career was built off of beating Duke. Just want to go on record saying that, first of all. But why why did you choose Duke. And not North Carolina. Being a guy who loves Jordan, you watch '96, '97, '98. seen when he was, you know, comes back from his broken foot, drops 63 in the playoffs against
1: uh, Boston Celtics. Why Duke and not North Carolina? Um, I think for me at the time, i kind of just going back and seeing, seeing all the small forwards and seeing all the, seeing all the guards go through um, Duke and how he just let them have freedom and he just let them whatever skill that they had he put it he put it on display and i don't i didn't know how he did it but it looked like he just put him in a really really good position to be successful and when when coach k came into i never i never had someone um like around around the high school time it was, it was where everybody was just feeding you just like i love you bro cuz your game is like this and that's when uh, around the time where i was kind of kind of getting good but when Coach K came in and he was like, um, I can't promise you that you'll start next year as a freshman. Uh, I, was, I was like, okay. And then it was like, okay, you're challenging me. Like, you're challenging me right now. Like, you don't think I'll start as a freshman. I probably can beat your starting five. So I, that's what I thought about. And I like, I like that. So I felt like if he said this right now, when I'm in when I'm in practice and I'm fing up and when I'm doing all this, he's gonna tell me exactly what I need to hear. And sure enough, when I got there, like it was it was kinda a rough start for me, but he told me exactly what I needed to hear to get me going. So that was like that was like after I heard that, that was that was it for me. You
0: no, know, that's I've heard Coach K is very blunt, it's very honest. I've heard some some legendary stories about Things he said to people in locker room of halftime games. I've heard Jason Tatum tell stories. What is your best coach case story?
1: Uh I don't know if it should go on camera, but it's just like we had one player, I won't say his name, but he was he was just so adamant about getting his every every day. It made him a better player. Some some players couldn't take it, but. He was just adamant about it every single day. And it's just one day he said he said something crazy. And of the guys cried, and I was just like, I couldn't do nothing for him. I was just I was just trying to figure it out, but he he just really get after it. He really he really get out there. He get everything he wanted out of his player.
0: That's what I heard. I you know, I played with G Trent. G Trent with the Duke, he told me about Coach K how wouldn't use the term ruthless, but you know, willing to do whatever it takes to get the most out of each one of his players, and whatever whatever it takes. What is the Duke fraternity like? What does it mean to you? Obviously, you weren't there very long. You know, I always joke and say, "Does it even count if you're only there six months?"
1: <laughs> what does the uh, Duke fraternity mean to you? You know, I'll be honest. I've I've kind of neglected the Duke fraternity um, just because I'm just like. So Tunnel vision in, in my work um but it's something that I I, I may be planning to kind of go back a little bit I know we have a lot of pros now so you know in the summer it's always good to get pickup runs they always they I'll be they're always there for support just like the Corey McGettys of the world and the Grant Hills like they're always there for support and um like it's it's good that we have all these pros coming out of Duke because we we can Go back and we can put work in, we can measure our games against each other. So that's something that I, I really plan to to do. Um, in these next few years, just trying to go back and rekindle some some relationships with them.
0: That's good. You got plenty of time, man. I I haven't been back to my college as much as I would like, but I'm gonna start getting back more. I think it's it's cool when the players get to see you, right? They get to ask you questions. What's it like? You know, playing in the league, what do you work on? And then you got to, you, know, you get to kind of compete against them showing show them like, this is why I'm in the league. This is why you're not. And it's like this, <laughs> this, this, this <laughs> a subtle reminder. Like sometimes you got to remind people, like you said before, from a humbling standpoint. You talked about how in the summertime and most of the time throughout the season, you locked in Tunnel Vision. You only watch basketball. On JJ's podcast, you referenced how you don't really be on Twitter. You don't be typing your name in the search bar like a lot of other players. There's a lot of noise, right, about how we're going to be a contender this season, we're going to be pretty good if we can stay healthy and all that stuff. I want listeners to kind of understand how much you don't pay attention to social media at all. Like, BI is never really on Twitter or Instagram. He posts every now and then. I think he'd just be checking his mentions every now and then. But The difference between you and a lot of younger players, right, like in terms of how you focus, how you lock in. Give Give me a story in which some things that happened, some things made it happen that went viral that you just had no idea
1: about. To be honest, I gotta like, I gotta like go to Najee for like a reminder, like, or he'd be like, he'd be like, yo, you ain't see this, and I'd be like, I'd like, nah, he be like, this happened like two weeks ago, and I, like I just, I really don't like, like I used, maybe, I'm not even sure if I used to just be caught up on the news, but like I'm, I'm, I don't, I think it's just too much energy sometimes that I can be just using somewhere else. And like just like I seen like I seen my teammates, I seen uh when I was with the Lakers, as soon as we finish a game, before, like going to Twitter and it's like I give you an example, Kyle Kuzma typing his name in as a game and I'm and I'm and I'm in my head I'm just like I'm I'm asking like what does that do for you? Like I I, I wouldn't I don't really care about um what people are saying about me, unless it's like a, like a somebody important that's has that's played this game, like a, like a, a, a great in this game, that's like, you should do this better or you should do this. It, it's all in like, the wording of of how people say stuff. Like most of the time, when you go on Twitter or when you go on different social medias, they're giving opinions. It's it's never like it's never like help to tell you you should do this or you can do this this way. It's always like, well, this (laughs) (laughs) sucks. It's always like that. It's like, he sucks. He needs to do this. He needs to do that. He'll be a better player up in Philly. It's always like that. Instead, I can be in my life and be like, and then be real. Like, I can be real. I can be real with you. I can be real with all my teammates. I can be real with my family. I can be real with everybody else. But I can go on social and I can be like, this is fake. This is not going on. I can go to somebody, someone's Instagram page, and if I'm around them, I can tell them that, yo, this this not how you talk. This is not how you live. So it, it's like it's it's like it's different. It's different. I like, I like the real world. I do check in on Instagram. It's a lot of, it's a lot of pretty people in the world. I do check in on Instagram a little bit, but it's 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 not for me. I don't I don't even like post on Instagram anymore because you know the world crazy. The world crazy now. So as soon as you post something on Instagram, you post some jewels, you post something up there, then somebody got their uh, they eyes on you just, just from that. So it's like, I just try to move smart. I'm um I, When I post on Instagram, it's something promotional or something like that, or something that I just, I might see a quote or something or I want to support somebody. But other than that, it's just like, it feels like pointless to me.
0: Yeah. No, I, I've, I didn't post on my birthday for the first time in about 10 years or eight years no post on my birthday besides my story. I think it's it's growth and maturity. I, I'm on my phone way too much as it is, so I'm trying to give myself some some mental clarity and escape. I'm trying to get my mind right. I speak to my therapist. I, I get to zone out. I get to meditate. After games this year, I usually go in the ice tub or whatever. we be chopping it up, talking about the game. Sage. Often, you yeah. know, get the evil spirits out. Maybe we had a, maybe we lost the game, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Yeah. Talk to me about when you started aging in general and your mental, you know, health. Obviously, there's there's a big push around mental health awareness. And I have, I, I said, it, I have a therapist that I speak to. I meditate. I've been meditating uh, for about ten years now since I broke my my foot in college. Um, so twenty years old, I started meditation. It's been very helpful for me. Very helpful for my lifestyle. Keeps me calm. Keeps me more collected. Have better control of my heart rate. Talk to me about when you started saging and like your mental health routine, if you will, for those out there that you know may want to start doing some different things and add into their their arsenal.
1: Yeah, I I think I started saging maybe two two or three years ago. Um My having a having a therapist with New Orleans really really helped me out a lot because I never really feel like I had someone. That I could talk to that are really, really understand me and really put themselves in my shoes. So I to to have um, her name is Jenna uh, up in the Pelicans facility was was really vital for me. Um, like, and I was I still am, but I I was like carrying like just a lot of stuff with me, like just just stuff that I just stuff that I couldn't let go. Um, you see me at the games, you know like it's it's hard when when I'm losing it's hard for it to let it go, like just right at the moment, but sage like sage really helped me out like it's maybe it's like the it it really clears the room it gives me a different smell um when I'm listening to music, I just try to like look at this sage and really just try to lock in on the music and get my mind off of what just went on like that's that's been like really really good for me, and then I always now nowadays i've I've had patience a lot of I've developed a lot of patience and thinking about the positive things in my life like always when when things go bad i like I used to get like really really low like I always just think about the negative things I never think about the positive things so now when like when things go bad i just I've always just try to think about the positive things that's in my life positive things that's going on right now. And it's just, it's just it helps out a lot. My um, my mental game is way further um, than it was a couple of years ago, and I just I just make sure that I'm feeding myself with like real good things. Whether it's stuff on the internet, I mean stuff on YouTube. Um, lately, I picked up on kind of watching TD Jakes because he has a, like a really really good message day that that always just hits in a different way. So I just try to feed myself with good stuff.
0: No, I'm, I'm glad you, you shared that. I think for me, the way I was raised, the way I grew up was what goes in this house stays in this house. You know, we hear that a lot, especially in black communities, and I don't necessarily think that's the answer. Like, it's, it's important that you keep stuff in your house when you're younger, but as you get older, you bear a lot of different weight, a lot of different trauma. I got childhood trauma, deaths in the family, things I've experienced that have affected me to this point and being able to talk to a professional, being able to, to kind of get certain things off your chest that you just can't share with anybody. There's certain stuff that's going to the grave for sure. And there's certain stuff that you just don't feel comfortable sharing with friends and family. So having that professional with that confidentiality, I think is extremely important. And I think the right therapist matters. I'm not saying everybody should get, go get any therapist. The right therapist matters. and that's been helpful for me and my clarity. You talked about injuries, you talked about losing, you talked about life traumas. Like I'm a father now. We all got our own battles on a day-to-day basis, but I think it's important that a lot of people out there understand that. Us as professional athletes, like life is great. We live a great life. We got good health. We got financial stability but we still carry and battle demons on a daily basis but I appreciate you sharing that I do and I think that's going to change a lot of people's lives and get people better clarity and perspective on how they can kind of improve some of the things they're going through two basketball questions then I'll let you go for the sake of keeping this uh, not too long so that you can get home and rest the NBA is changing right Eastern Conference Western Conference there's a little bit of volatility In terms of teams, players moving, we'll start in the East. Who do you think some contenders are in the East? And what were your thoughts when you seen the
1: Donovan Mitchell trade? Yeah. um, Well, I think it's, um, like, the East is, like, really, really good this year. Um, Like, they are, like, the catalyst of defensive side. And, like, you got the Milwaukee Bucks, you got the Miami Heat, you got the Boston Celtics. Um I don't want to leave anybody out. You got the Cleveland Cavaliers who's added down the Mitchell, as you just mentioned. Um you got Philly, you got Atlanta, you got a bunch of teams that that really have talent and they can compete. Um and and that's scary, you know. West, I think the West builds. I mean, the West is like it is like really really good and we score a lot like that's that's our thing like we score we score we used to look at the end of our games it's like 120 100, 130. um and going against the east is it's like they pride themselves on defense so it's like a different game so like that that's like fun, really really fun matchups um with the donovan Mitchell trade i've you know i in some ways i, I feel like i i felt like that was coming um, it's. I think it's a good fit, actually, on the offensive side with uh, Garland. Um, he looks like he's um, like made a lot of progress in, in the NBA with um, Evan Mobley. I'm I'm a big fan of his. Um, him, him being so tall and having guard skills and the way the way he maneuvers under the rim and block shots. Uh, Jared Allen, he's a big shot blocker and big in the middle. So like I'm a, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of that team. Um, I think they're going to be really, really good offensively. I know Evan, Evan, and um, Evan and um, and Jared are going to be really, really good defensively. I think their guard play, the guard play, is going to have to deal with six seven pi and um, and six uh, three McCollum and with Zion coming through the lane and six six ten Trey Murphy, six eleven. He liked that. Um, but they're they going to they gonna have to play some defense, but they're, they're going to be really good. Yeah, I would agree. I, th- I think
0: the writing was on the wall once they made the Rudy trade that they were trying to, to reload and get younger, get picks, get assets. So I think it's a good fit for him. I think he fits in well with what they need in terms of what they want to accomplish offensively. Talk about the defensive component. Look at the Western Conference. Who are some contenders you think? are going to be in the Western Conference, excluding ourselves. I'm, I'm putting ourselves in there. We already know what we're going to do and what we're capable of um, collectively with a healthy roster. But outside of us looking at some of the other teams across the board, Minnesota being one of them who, who added Rudy, who do you think are some contenders in the West?
1: Again, the NBA, I, I would say the whole NBA is stacked with, with good talent and, and, and really, really um, good teams. Um, of course, Golden State. um Phoenix again. Dallas is going to come back really good. Um the Nuggets. a lot of a lot of these teams that that were in the playoffs last year. I think Minnesota is going to make a huge push this year. Memphis, Memphis is really good, going to be really good this year. So it's it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle for us um to when we go against these teams every night and it's I think it comes to who who cares the most. Who cares the most about Making these winning plays every single night, and who's who's the most prepared? So, because I think any anybody can get beaten on any any given night, because these teams are really, 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 really good. And when you look at the West, you you look at that three point line. Like there's a lot of really, really good shooters in the West. I didn't even mention the Clippers. Like they got Kawhi back and PG on the wing. Like there's a lot of really, really good teams in the West. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a real battle.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's got to bring it every night you got to stay healthy and you got to peak at the right time but i appreciate you coming on my podcast man spending some time i know training camp has been brutal we all tired
1: we all banged up we all ready to go home and get some rest so i appreciate that i wouldn't tell you that i appreciate you you know um i definitely wouldn't did this for anybody else i'm i'm really like um a guy that just wants to be away and just working on it, my own stuff but like i i enjoy it. Like I enjoy my teammates and I and I do anything for y'all. So this was like, this was this was fun for me. I take my time out of my day to do this anytime. So just this was fun for me, for real. No, nah, I appreciate that. What's up?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey. I appreciate you
0: coming, on, brother. Thank you. Sure, for Thank sure. You. That's a wrap.